Welcome to It's Mercedes, honest conversations for freedom-minded women. I'm your host, Mercedes, founder of Libertas Sisters. In every episode, I invite a guest to discuss topics such as femininity, relationships, the culture war, self-reliance, politics, and freedom. And let's be honest, whatever else I'm in the mood for. So pop in those headphones, pour yourself a beverage, and settle in. Let's get this episode started. I'm very excited to have Casey Harrington on as a guest today. I love to have guests that are independently minded, self-reliant, and Casey definitely falls within those categories. We got acquainted a little bit on Instagram, as I feel many of us nowadays kind of get to know each other via social media. And she caught my attention because she focuses not only on firearms and 2A, but she focuses on personal safety as a whole, which is really great if maybe you're still kind of on the fence on taking on firearms. Casey, go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit. Maybe tell us uh, what led you to create your account. It's an Instagram account, Casey Lynn Tactical, and why you're focusing more on personal safety as a whole, as opposed to just like being a 2A firearm account. <laughs> Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for having me on. This is awesome. I'm so excited. Um, story actually kind of started about a year ago. Um, my husband, he's in the military and he was deployed for the first time. And um, I, that was like a rude awakening for me. I didn't realize how much I relied on him for the safety of myself and my family. And um, when he left, I also saw that our house was just not very secure. We live in a converted school bus. There's one entry in, one entry out. Um, I had, my daughter was about one at the time and her crib was actually like between the front door and our bedroom. And like, that was the first time I ever thought about if someone were to break in, she's in between. She's between your vulnerable point and like her protection. Exactly. She, like, I was just not okay with that. And I ended up sleeping on the couch for a while, which was right next to her. Um, but so that was just like a huge awakening. I was like, this is not okay. I'm not comfortable with this. And I had been wanting to get my concealed carry for a few years, actually. And this is what made me sign up. And it was a week later that I took my course and finally got my concealed carry. But um, it doesn't, your like self-reliance journey doesn't really stop there because once I got my concealed carry, I was like, okay, well now what, what, what happens after this? You know, I don't really, cool. I can shoot at a target and I know the local laws, but, um, I don't really know. I didn't have like the correct mindset and I don't really know um, what to do in a practical situation. In a practical situation. A lot of people don't think about like, what would actually happen if I actually had to use my gun? Um, and so anyway, so I got that. I started reading about um, self-defense and self-reliance and uh, situational awareness. And there was just um, not one good resource to go to. And like you see on the news that so many things are just crazy right now, right? We had the riots. We had um, an increase. There's an increase in crime, uh, the border. It, I mean, there's so many aspects that's contributing to the increase of crime. The startling thing that I learned was a criminal if you're out takes about seven seconds to pick a target and then it can take four seconds just to attack and for you to even realize what's happening and four seconds doesn't sound like a lot of time but it's a lot of time um when it comes to violence yeah and then and then um you have 20 seconds i mean these are all averages but you have 20 seconds before um your the chances of you getting taken to a second location is greatly increased and you do not want to go into a second location because um the likelihood of survival goes down 
And so that's 31 seconds. The average police for time is 10 minutes or police response time is 10 minutes. Yeah. So, and that's always, that's, I mean, I think that's some great information to share because a lot of times people are just kind of like, well, if something happens, I can just call the police. Right. Right. Well, what do you do in the five to 10 minutes that it takes for the police to show up? Yeah. And it's, it's not, it's not their fault. Like they just can't be everywhere at one time. Right. And so that's where I was like, we really need to bridge that gap between the time because we do want the police, but we need to be able to protect ourselves. And so anyway, so there was just no resource that answered all my questions. It was just books upon books upon books and YouTube videos upon YouTube videos. <laughs> and so that's my goal is to have that one resource that people can go to, especially parents and mothers and females, because I don't think there's enough of that available. Well, and then for a long time, the just self-defense, personal safety to a, like whatever, you know, firearms industry has been male dominated for Mm -hmm. a long time. I, you know, I also carry, and one of the challenges as a woman is that like, when you're a dude, you, you carry on your, on your belt, you know what I mean? But we, (laughs) Like you can't carry the same when you're wearing a skirt versus when you're wearing leggings versus when you're wearing shorts versus, you know what I mean? Like our, you know, Mm -hmm. attire doesn't allow for that. And even though there are women that are very comfortable carrying in a bag, like the bag isn't always the best option either. Um, especially if you're new, um, and you're not like experienced. So it is a great thing to see so many other women that are putting out this type of content and empowering women to take control of their own personal safety. But specifically, what interests me about your account was the fact that, because there's a lot of firearm information out there, but you also provide information that even if someone isn't ready to pick up a firearm and train on a firearm, they can still take some control over their own personal safety through other means. And so like, how is it that, what are some ways that you would recommend to someone who is maybe not ready to pick up a gun yet? Although I highly encourage it because they're actually quite, quite fun. <laughs> they, they are. And several fun. courses and everything <laughs> like that. I'm like, big fan. But, you know, if you're not ready yet, which is totally fine, what are things that you would tell them to focus on and consider in order to kind of take control of their own personal safety? Yeah. So there, there's actually one point I want to make before is that um, like one of the large reasons why I don't focus solely on firearms is because like, just like you said, some people are just not ready to. And I feel like they come with like a stigma. You know, if you have a firearm, then then you must be X, Y, Z, you know? And, and I think um, uh, if I, I feel like if I put out too much firearm stuff, then it's going to push people away. And that's not my goal. My goal isn't to get people into firearms. My goal is to get into people into self-reliance. It's just one of the tool of many things that we have. Right, exactly. And so the biggest thing that I recommend to anyone that's looking to get into their journey in self-reliance and uh, self-protection is situational awareness. Like you don't need any tools. You don't need um, anything, like any physical training. If you just want to start right now, start on situational awareness because most crimes can be prevented through just being situationally aware, um, especially with everything that's happening around you. And um, we live in such a distracted society. You know, we 
we have so many things going on. We have our phones. Like if you just sit at a cafe and you look around, you're probably going to see the majority of people on their phones. Criminals love this because this is like the element of surprise. And, and that's like the greatest asset to them is the element of surprise. And if you take that away, they're less likely to target you as opposed to someone who's clearly not aware of anything that's happening around them. So if so, like, the first thing is just situational awareness and just stop looking at the phone. <laughs> just stop it. Put it away. Stop looking at the phone. Um, and you're already doing exponentially better than a lot of people out there already. Yeah, especially since a lot of us have already kind of let ourselves be conditioned to always being attached to that phone. Look at yourself like a criminal would um, and see, like, who would you target if uh, you wanted to get something? And, and we want to keep in mind, like, the criminal mindset is very simple they want what they desire right and they want to get it without getting hurt and they want to get it Correct. without getting caught so if you look like you're going to put up a fight and you look like you're not going to give in very easily yeah and it can be a lot of it about not only just situational awareness but that situational awareness also goes in my opinion in partnership with like body language. Like there's a big difference when you're like down, your head down, you're kind of, you know, already kind of huddled in as opposed to if you're presenting in a manner where you're attentive and you're looking around and you're confident and like you're in control. And I know that can get, you know, being aware of your surroundings can be challenging because we have so many distractions, sure. but you know, it's, I think just like firearms training, it's also a training that you can do and kind of be paying attention. Like how am I presenting right now? What am I doing right now with my body language? Exactly. I, I always tell people to just pretend you're a superhero. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Just pretend you're a superhero, be confident in yourself and you're, do, you're doing great. So, well, speaking of that, so one of the things that it kind of has become a little stigmatized sometimes is a person that is prepared in general. You know what I mean? So, like, you mm -hmm. know, you kind of get mm -hmm. stigmatized in if you stock up on something, you're like some doomsday prepper, as opposed yeah. to you're just like maybe somebody that's trying to prepare for an unfortunate situation. It's like I always say, hope for the best, prepare for the worst. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. And so, and I think, you know, in, in the same regards as what people like to call prepping gets a little bit stigmatized, this kind of gets stigmatized mm -hmm. too, in the sense of being, you know, self-defense, situationally aware, kind of like taking control of your own safety. And a lot of us are kind of willing mm -hmm. to uh, delegate that safety either to law enforcement or to somebody else. And one of your posts that really caught my attention <laughs> was one that where I can't remember exactly what you said, but he said something like along the lines of feminism will get you killed or something like that. And I, that yeah. one caught my attention because I was like, Ooh, spicy. And yes, I agree. <laughs> so I want to share a little bit as to why that post, what prompted you to share that post. And, and cause I think it, to me, at least it kind of goes hand in hand with this stigma of being prepared. Yeah. So going to the stigma portion, it's um, a lot of people will say, you're just paranoid. Like, exactly. Just, and like, this is not paranoia. Paranoia is expecting something to happen all the time. Being prepared is not expecting anything to happen, but you are prepared in case it does. I love that analogy because a lot of people, even like within my own, some friendships and my family, they just think that we're fearful and that's what we're doing. And I'm like, actually, it's the complete opposite. I am not fearful. 
Um, and I'm living my life the best that I can. And I'm just prepared for if things go sideways, I'm not going to be vulnerable. Exactly. Yeah. And so like with the feminism post that I had, like there's so many definitions of feminism now, like so many variations. I, I don't really know them all, but the two that I was pertaining to is one is believing so heavily in your rights um, to not be harmed or like believing so heavily in the laws that nothing will happen to you is it, just completely naive because yes, like we know those things are illegal. We know those things are bad it's not going to stop a criminal like laws were made for law-abiding citizens they were not made for criminals <laughs> they don't follow them so you can't just have so much faith in this this mystical thing that has no physical protection between you and a criminal yeah i have always yeah. said that the laws are only as good as they're willing to be followed and enforced exactly because yeah. at the end of the so day if nobody's following them and then on top of that nobody's enforcing them mm-hmm. what are you going to do <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's totally, that's exactly it. Um, and then the other one, which I actually fell into this category, was um, believing that females and females are equal in everything. And that's just not true. And um, in general, males are stronger, bigger, and faster than the general or the average female. And so we have to realize that we are inherently at a disadvantage. And that's that's just life. Like there's nothing we can do about that, but we can, um, you, we can learn things to put, put that into our advantage anyway. And so, um, like my husband, he's like four inches taller than I am, 60 pounds heavier. And, uh, we lift together and we're like lifting about the same weight. So we're like in the same strength kind of, but time and time again, if I try to get out of a bear hug, it's based on brute strength alone. It's just not going to happen. Like yeah. he's just inherently stronger, <laughs> taller, bigger, faster, better than me, you know, and that, and that. And so, um, but what we can do is learn how to exploit the human body. Um, and that is what we can use to our advantage because like, it doesn't matter if you're a hundred pounds and five feet tall, um, you can use that to your advantage and get away or stop a threat, um, no matter how big the criminal is. Yeah. And you can educate yourself in tools on how to do that. Like it doesn't have to be specifically about firearms. You can have like pepper spray, you can carry, you know, a pocket knife, you can Mm -hmm. have a whistle. I don't know all of these things, but it was, it really struck me that post because I was like, yes, Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) because there's this kind of mentality that women shouldn't have to be worried about their personal safety because in some way it is inherent in men to hurt or be physically oppressive towards women. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I always, I've had in my own discussions is that it's not that men are inherently wanting to hurt women, um, but that men and women have different strategies on how to inflict damage or pain. And it's what our natural strengths kind of feed into. Men are physically stronger in general than women. So that's usually like, if you're like a malicious person, that's the tool that you're going to use to dominate over someone who is weaker than you. And women are more intuitively emotional and better with feelings and reading them in words So a woman who wants to fall into an unhealthy, abusive kind of strategy is going to mess with your, your emotions and your brain and kind of go in a manipulative route. And a Mm -hmm. lot of times people see that 
make that differentiation and that categorization. Yeah, you're right. Men can be horribly abusive physically, but if you admit that women can be horribly manipulative, oh yeah, yeah. like it's mm-hmm. it's like you're feeding into a stereotype. And I'm like, no, it's just we're we're built differently, and these right. are the tools that we use when you're using them in an abusive way. This is how they um, manifest. That's a lot of times how I explain it to people, and they get kind of all like worked up about it and everything. Mm-hmm. Now that I see you're also going to be uh, working towards being an instructor, correct? Yes, correct. So what state are you in real quick? So we're in Arkansas right now. Okay. Um, So firearm friendly. (laughs) Yeah, firearm friendly, um, which is awesome. They actually just changed to standard ground uh, back in March. So that's nice. Um, But yeah, so we're in Arkansas. We were in Texas. We're actually, both of us are from the Northeast. So (laughs) uh, very unfriendly firearm states. But, uh, so yeah, and, and it's, it's funny because like neither my husband and I were both like super into farms, like he went hunting growing up. Um, but then he moved to Texas for his first assignment and really got into them. And then I moved to Texas and he really got me into them and, and it just kind of went off from there. Texas <laughs> will do that to you. I think that's it when, really I think will. we were originally in Oklahoma and then like moved to Texas. We were in Texas for five years okay. and we're like, yeah, I can, I can get in on this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And like, even not even just firearms, but like cowboy boots and flannel shirts and all like, I've always loved cowboy boots, but I never wore them because they're so odd up in the Northeast. And then now that's all I wear. So <laughs> well, and it's actually kind of funny because my husband and I were both originally from Puerto Rico. And when we moved okay. to Texas, I actually worked for a woman that her husband was a rancher. So we had a lot of engagement with like actual ranching. And he started talking about wanting, like, he was just daydreaming about full-blown cowboyness. And I'm like, I did not realize I, I married a Puerto Rican cowboy. Like, what is going on right now? <laughs> it was so funny. But so you're starting your firearms instructor training, correct? Yes. So yeah. if somebody were interested to do that, like, I'm assuming it's different from state to ta- state, to state. but mm-hmm. would you like to, like, can you kind of tell us, like, what your process or what the process is that you're taking to become a firearms instructor? Yeah. So there's a bunch of different courses out there that you can take. I, I signed up with USCCA. Um, We have, so there's firearm insurance and we have insurance with USCCA. As Um, I do too. Good, good company. Yeah. Yeah, Great company. So they had an instructor course. um, And actually what all prompted this is I noticed that there was like a huge disconnect between, um, taking your concealed carry course and actually applying it to real life. And so I want, I'm working on something, um, but I figured it out, you know what, I need to, I need to have some certifications under my belt. So I decided I'll get my firearm um, instructor course certification. And so anyway, so I just looked online and they had a course not too far away from here that uh, at the end of September that I'll be taking, but basically you have to um, pass the shooting qualification and it's shooting you have um, 15 rounds at four yards, seven yards, and then you have uh, 10 rounds at 10 yards and 15 yards. That's pretty much the process. You do that qualification and then you take the course. <laughs> and your hope is to do the firearm instructor course, and then you wanted to be able to launch some kind of course online for mm-hmm. people to kind of be able to apply on a more personal level. Because it's kind of funny. So the whole thing about like you, depending on what state you're in, and right. anybody like that's listening to us right now, 
like definitely look into your state and your what is qualified because I moved to uh, Georgia and Georgia was literally kind of awesome because it was like, fill out this paperwork, get your finger, your fingertips. What is it called? Fingerprints done. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Pay the fee and we'll send it to you in the mail. Like that's literally it. As opposed to, I have a friend in New York and she has, the poor woman has jumped through like 20 hoops in order to get her concealed permit. So Mm -hmm. every state is very different, but I will say that one of the things that I have found, I have now got my permit, I think in like six different states. It is of course important to have your permit and everything like that, but the training that for you to be able to use it in unexpected situations is really up to you. And you really need to empower yourself with that. Um, So there are a lot of courses out there, but it's really you know, you as an individual are responsible to take them on. So this yeah. is something that you found a gap in and that you're kind of wanting to provide to people online, correct? Yeah. So um, exactly what you said, like, if you're going to be a firearm owner, you need to be a responsible one. And, you know, we hear time and time again, that people will go through the concealed carry course. They'll do their, because you have to also do a shooting qualification in order to go through the course, um, at least as I thought it was here in Arkansas. And, um, and then the next time they shoot their gun is five years later when they're re-upping their course. And that's, that's exactly the opposite what you want to do. Like you need to continue your training and, um, continue expanding your knowledge and continue shooting your gun so that you stay proficient because it's, it's a, um, well, it's kind of like, um, an atrophy of like your skills. You know what I mean? Like if you've never, Yeah, you lose your skill. It's a skill that you can lose yeah. um, basically over time if you don't continually practice it. And so, um, like, there's a good self-defense courses out there. The course that I'm creating is um, what to do after you conceal carry, right? So you, there's a, what, there was like 5 million new firearm owners in 2020. Yeah. And yeah. There's a lot of newbies out there right now. A lot of new ones. And that's awesome. But we, when I got my concealed carry, I did not know what holsters were safe or unsafe. You know, I did not know what ammo was safe or unsafe. Like not all ammo is the same. Um, or, you know, how to have a firearm at home with kids, how to train if you can't go to a range, uh, you know, certain things like that. And so this course is kind of like just bringing all of that together, um, how to do malfunctions, how to grip your pistol correctly, because there's, you can go through all the, the um, motions to go through your course and get your permit, but you still might do, be doing things incorrectly and you don't want to do that. Yeah. And so um, I definitely had a lot of questions after my concealed carry course and I still do. And I think that's a really cool approach because a lot of people think like concealed carry, got my permit. Now I go down to the range and I start shooting. And then I just kind of keep shooting until like I hit the bullseye or wherever that I'm aiming. And yes, right. it is important that you shoot where you're aiming. <laughs> Yes, it is. <laughs> that is very, very important. Let me emphasize that. But there's all, it is like so much information and mm-hmm. everything from like understanding the different types of, of um, ammunition, different types mm-hmm. of holsters, you know, where to get the information, how not to get overwhelmed with all the information out there. Um, yeah. Even to the point of like, I can't even tell you how many people will buy a gun, take it to the range, shoot it and like clean it maybe every like oh, yeah. few years, if you're lucky, 
And I'm just kind of yeah, like, yeah, yeah. that is so dangerous. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. <laughs> like, bring your gun, dang it. So yes. that's awesome. Well, I look forward to that project. And then I know that you have another one going on. And I kind of mm -hmm. wanted to give you a chance to share about that. I mean, for the ladies out there, everybody's interested in some athletic wear, especially if you can carry a gun with it. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, so I only wear spandex. I'm either in spandex or in sweatpants. Um, I absolutely hate wearing jeans. So uh, I did not find anything that I could carry with. And I actually didn't carry for a long time for that reason, because I, if it's not comfortable, you're not going to carry. Yeah. And so I wanted to create, um, so I, I was looking for spandex and I found a couple, there's a couple out there, but um, I just, there were so many flaws with them. Um, one of the flaws was uh spandex that have belt loops which is awesome like that's a great concept but the height of the spandex is on the widest part of the woman's body yeah so the hip and so if you try to conceal on the widest part you're only making it wider with your pistol right mm -hmm. and so the ones that i'm developing actually bring it up into your waistline so that you it's generally the smallest part of the woman's body so it's easier to conceal there um in my last pair of spandex like the last sample that I got, I had put in, I had like the worst clip on my holster. Um, and I, I didn't have like an ideal shirt to put on, but I, I put it right in and I was like, yay, I have like, I couldn't see it anywhere. So um, like even leaning backwards, I just didn't, and there was no printing at all. So the placement is key uh, where you can feel. And then the other issue, there are other spandex out there that had, um, pockets that acted as holsters yeah and those are just not safe at all because there I mean there's been stories of people who had the trigger accidentally pulled while the gun was in that pocket oh goodness um, yeah and it's just because it's it's not a hard trigger protection there's no trigger protection and they like the pocket is stiff but I mean you can still get something in there so um, I, I just stay away from those and I wanted something that I could have a Kydex holster with, um, that's comfortable and that can feel well. And so that's, so that's your cool. design would have in an actual holster and then the holster yes. is supported within the leggings. That's yes. cool because a lot of the ones that I've seen, like you said, it's just like mm -hmm. a special pocket to put your firearm in. I think that's a pretty cool solution. And I completely yeah. agree with you. I actually wear jeans more than anything. But when yeah. I first started carrying, I had to create, I had to buy all new jeans because most of them were like mid kind of high. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, in order for them to conceal well, in order for me to be able to conceal well, it was a high yeah. waisted that I really needed in order for it to get into that little pocket, you know, where, yeah. where the lady dips on her hips. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. Well, this has been awesome. I'm so glad that you took the time to kind of share a little bit about your story and your journey to personal safety and go ahead and tell us where they can find you and uh, continue to follow your journey into personal safety and uh, stay tuned for your course that you're going to be working on. Yeah. So um, right now, the only access thing I have is my Instagram um, and that's Casey Lynn Tactical and it's C-A-S-E-Y. L Y N N E and my website that will be Koa Athletics K O A Athletics.com and uh, I want to know so Koa is Hawaiian for strength and bravery. Oh wow, so that's Koa, pretty. Yeah, so Koa, um, I, the motto that 
I have is be strong, be brave, be koa. That's really yeah. cute. I love that. That's so pretty. So, and yeah. I'll definitely have links to whatever you have going on in the show notes and okay. where people can follow you on your personal safety journey, learn a little bit more and keep an eye out for that athletic wear. So thanks so much for spending your time with me and having this lovely chat. Yeah, thank you. It's been great. Thanks. <laughs> thanks so much for listening to It's Mercedes on its conversations for freedom-minded women. You can find the show notes for this episode at Liberta Sisters forward slash It's Mercedes. And if you would like to have conversations like this with other freedom-minded women, visit my website, libertasisters.com, an online community of women founded on the values of femininity, self-reliance, and freedom. You can also connect with me on Instagram at It's Mercedes or join my email list. And if you're loving the podcast, I would be so honored if you would go ahead and hit that subscribe button and leave me a five-star review. Until next time, stay free and stay honest.